This morning, um, on the way here, we have um, our four younger ones are traveling with us in the mornings, and 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 I, I explained to them. I said, "Listen, now because three of them are already sitting here, um, because they are old enough to join the main service." I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and explain something today, but it's one of those difficult things. I feel a heaviness with regards to um, the weightiness of this message, but not in a condemning, judgmental, or rebuking way. Not in a, not in a heavy, like, dark way. In a, in, a, in a heavy, responsible way, if it makes sense. It, it's a, a responsibility to carry across truth in such a way that the ones listening catch the heart of what is said. We've been busy with, not a series, but we've been busy with the whole word truth for the last few months now. We were speaking about truth so many times, and, and, and ultimately you know, everyone that's been listening to the sermons know that truth is Jesus. We also spoke about love prior to that, and, and God is love. If you go and read 1 John 4, 15 through to 18, you'll see that it says God is love. God does not love you. God is love. And so therefore, the word in him is extremely important for church to understand. The importance of how many times that word is, when you read a sentence, almost hidden. It's easy to brush over it and, and, and read it and go, like, yeah, of course, you know. But the importance for us as a congregation in the bigger body of Jesus Christ is to always make sure that we do not fall into the trap of religion. Now, this morning, the message is truth and love. And I want to look into something specific. Many times I hear Christians ask the following question. If you go to the next slide, Alex, thanks. Does God expect me to love people or to speak the truth? Does God expect me to love people or does he expect me to speak the truth? I want us to understand that if that question is asked, it is a question asked in one of two ways. It is either dead religion or very young in the faith. Dead religion because it's a stupid question. Because God is both. It, it, it cannot be just the one. God is both. And so the reason the question would be asked is because of a word in secular humanism that we know today, and that's the word compromise. That's because of how society is being structured today. Many, many years ago, the big debate would be whether gay and lesbian should be allowed into church. To which we would say, of course, everyone is allowed to come in. But truth will stand as truth. 
And ultimately, that opinion will have to change in line with truth. Because I can love men. Can you go if I come? Can I give you a This is Raymond, for those of you who don't know him. Okay? He's one of our leaders. I am married to my wife, Runel, and we've been coming for almost 30 years. Been married for 25 years. I love Raymond. Inga loves him more, and Jesus loves him even more. But the better I get to know him, the more I love him. Yeah. But I love him. Now he's a man. And I love him in that way. I love him as a brother in Jesus. So love, I can love a man. But not in a romantic way. So, truth, <laughs> so truth is that, yes, God is love, and yes, I can love, but, but God made in a very specific way, family, made family to be a husband and a wife. He created everything with regarding to his church, to that model. Everything that he speaks about Jesus coming again speaks to that model. It speaks to, I'm coming for my bride. And it's not a he, he is coming for a she. He's coming for his bride. And so when it comes to that, years ago, that was the debate. Today, when you listen to society, we are struggling. Honestly, I'm struggling to understand how society wants to constantly bring in that, that sex and gender are two totally different things. That true biology and the way that God created us, men and women, is not understood. And how men consider themselves that now that I want to, I can become a woman. I cannot, honestly cannot understand how society is compromising on an absolute truth like that. I cannot understand why that is currently infiltrating society, as if it is a thing, due to opinion. So when it comes to something like that, must I then love a trans person? See, that's the thing. A Christian cannot but love. Why? Jesus is inside of you. Jesus is love. On the other side, Jesus is truth. So what do I do when I come in line with the person? See, this is where the question comes in. Because what you think truth is in, a, in an instant like that is to call a person stupid, which is not love, which is not truth, because stupid is a dead word. When we don't use the word dumb in our house, we speak life. And the power of the tongue is life and death. So what we say when something is done in a manner that in Brockpon or Springs or Benoni or Orkney, someone would say, that was dumb. <laughs> we don't go to that level of common. We say, that wasn't clever. We speak life. Well, that wasn't clever, which is truth. That wasn't clever, yeah, if you messed up. But we don't speak dumb. We don't speak to our children, that was dumb. I say it over myself at, at times, but then I understand. 
But, but you get what I'm saying? When it comes to truth, in the power of the tongue is life and death. And church, we are to live by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, who is both love and truth. But you cannot, you can in no way split the fruit of the Holy Spirit and truth. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. So at times it takes a journey to bring across absolute truth. Where we love on someone and the Holy Spirit says, this is the history. This is what happened. This person was molested or raped. This person that went through this has hurt. At other times, it is so evil and so rebellious and so that God would say, rebuke. There is no situation that we can decide what it is that God is busy with. And that's what this whole message is about. God is God. Don't try and be God. Therefore, do not think that you do for him. Allow him to journey with you. We say, for this the scripture says, we overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. In Afrikaans, I love testimony. Testimony comes out. It's a test. Muni moni. It's a test. Muni moni. Why? Read James 1. Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Go away, James. Okay, read Peter then. <laughs> gold is being tested and purified by fire. So your faith needs to be tested and purified by many trials. Shut up, Peter. Read Paul then. <laughs> Go to Romans. But the scripture makes it known to us. He shapes all of us in the same plan. Not one of us are Jesus. We become more like him. There's a beautiful story that I heard this week. And, and I'm going to use it as an illustration. A house was sold. So the whole idea of selling the house for the commission is to get the buyer. And so there was a couple that could have purchased the house. But the person was led by the Holy Spirit to say, listen, what's your rent? And their rent was really cheap. And not only that, the house was flooded in the big floods a few months ago and totally renovated. Totally brand new. Granite countertops and the whole lot. For a price so cheap that I want to know where it is. <laughs> so they're renting, but now they want to buy because that's the responsible thing to do. So they're thinking of buying. And so this property that's being sold has now said, okay, let's do this. The person selling heard from the Holy Spirit, it's not their place. This is not what I want for them. So as part of church, this is who we are. We don't do for money. We don't, we don't worship mammon. We worship the king. So the person said, listen, that's not so clever. Why purchase if you can rent for this, why not just take the addition, put it away? And yes, I understand that along the time you want to purchase. But I really want to suggest that while you have this price with this house, as beautiful as it is, rather put away the extra you would have purchased. 
and save this up because this is, I believe, the best thing. To which they said, that's wisdom. That's wise counsel. That's the Holy Spirit. So didn't sell the price of the house. Then the person that came in had family just around the corner, but an older lady, but now classy. And where this place was, was close to like a few shops that are loud. And so the person then went, maybe I should warn this older lady that because she's coming in from out of town, maybe I need to warn her about where she is purchasing. The Holy Spirit said, don't. Sell her the place. It's her place. To which she went, okay, let's go full out. Explained all of it. Eventually, when the, done, the deal was done, this lady said, the Lord blessed me so much. Every single time I came to visit my children, what they wouldn't know is that the fish and chips cafe over the road, it's my favorite place. <laughs> Two people, totally different story. Only he knew. If we made the calc, it wouldn't work out that way. You would think that it would be responsible and good steward. Sell it to the couple. They need a house. Warn the lady. There's a fish and chips place across the street. That's loud. This is what we need to understand about truth and love. He knows. He understands. We cannot answer for one another. We are led by Him. Be sensitive. Be humble. Understand your dependence upon Him. Ask constantly if you don't know. That's the whole of the scripture of James 1. Put aside troubled times. Put aside endurance, building faith. Put aside character that's strong enough to stand for anything. Put aside that. It says, if you need wisdom. And then I love the translation that puts a comma and a comma as if brackets. If you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. He will gladly tell you. He will not resent you asking. But when you ask, make sure that you expect an answer. For if you don't, you are like a wave being tossed to and fro by the way. Church, we are not for him. He is he for himself through us. We are therefore growing to become more and more sensitive, more and more dependent. Yeah, but you don't know my wife. Yeah, but you don't know my husband. You don't know Jesus. Yeah, but I want her to change. I want him to change. You don't know my friend. You don't know my brother. You don't know Jesus. I need them to change. Like, so that you can be happy? Or are you in the process with Jesus? Yeah. Because there's one thing that I have seen that when God is busy with the one, he's busy with the other as well. Always. Always busy with a bigger plan. That he pre-knew. Are you ready for scripture? I'm going to read you from scripture. Exodus 34 verse 6 as a beginning. The Lord, 
the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Boom. As a statement, just as a statement to have both love and truth. In one sentence, that's who he is. He is abounding in loving kindness and truth. Gracious, slow to anger. Why? <laughs> Look at his fruit. The fruit of his life is love, joy, and peace. Patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That's who he is. When we know him, he empowers us to be like him. You don't speak truth in road rage because someone did wrong. Sound like La Linea. <laughs> Everyone that knew the French <laughs> drawing that's on bootleggers. That's what we do. We spit out as if, you know, because, you know, I know you were supposed to stop. I'm speaking truth now. The Holy Spirit says, and you're supposed to be patient. Yeah, but rach is rach. Unless I wanted to use that person stopping the stop street or missing the stop street to speak to you. Unless I wanted to show you something. I love the way that this worked out. It was a, a funeral that I had a few years ago of one of the members. Um, I, I did a sermon one Sunday and I, I preached against the demon of road rage. Because I, I came to a place where I realized that many people just claim, oh, I'm one of those, I have road rage. They're like, do you know that rage is a demon? You claiming that you have road rage, come for deliverance. So that we can get that demon either out of your car or out of you. One of the two. I will start with your car, but if it's in you, it needs out. You don't invite a demon of rage close to you. You don't claim I'm one of those. I have, I have road rage. Deliverance ministry. So I did a sermon on this. And as the practical teacher would have it, I come from a town called Valcom. Valcom and Valcom. I grew up in Valcom. Valcom is the international, international capital of circles. Traffic circles. Um, you would have left CV joint on front wheel cars. All of the CV joint places would replace left first. Yeah? And so I grew up in Valcom. We know and understand circles. There's no stop street, uh, traffic lights in Valcom. No traffic lights. Big circles. That's a flat area. It's Freistadt. You see yesterday and tomorrow in one day. It's that flat. And so when, when, so it's, it's, it's laid out in that way. City designers, clever. You come to a, tra a traffic circle. You see the car from there. Where do you look? You look to your right. Nah, yeah, nah. Because to your right is the ones you yield to. To your right. I'm, I'm helping a lot of you now. To your right. Vars rechts, hierikant. Vars links, links. Okay, so... So, you yield to your right. And so, I was trained in this way. Center lane, you can go through and to your right. Outside lane, you can go left or straight. That makes sense. 
We come in together. I want to go straight through. We go straight through. I want to go straight through. You want to go right. You're wrong. You can't. Indicator, slow down, or in Valcom, <laughs> accelerate. <laughs> Blip them, turbo whistle, and come in, and then you can go right. It makes sense, because if I want to go straight, which is, and you go, and then you were wrong, I was right. I can't go left from the inside. So you get what I'm saying? There's like these, these a lot of logic, if you just think, just for a moment, just think. And so, when I explained all of this, I came into the most weird circle in George, which is York Street. There's no straight through when you come down York. There's only left and right and museum. (laughs) So, what can I do now? Can I go first exit, second exit in the left? Can I go first exit in the inside? So it's a bit of a, because, because that left is about as straight as you can get. So it's one of those. But hey, listen, you know, like great city designers, go 100 meters back. To your left, there's a board that explains where you can go. Just pay attention. They call it road signs. Anyway, so this is all truth in love. So I'm coming into the circle in York Street. I'm coming in. I did this sermon on Sunday. This is Monday. I said, listen, I want to warn you. If you claim that you have a person that have road rage, I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit, as the practical teacher, will show you how this works. I come into this robe, into the circle. In front of me is an older lady. Who does not understand circles. She goes into the circle. But then she sees someone come from the left. Now we are flowing. Because the car that came to my right. He had like a speed. That I could calculate. That's the idea. So help the guy behind me. And flow. Get this done. Get there. So I'm going into the circle. And as I look at this car, I move because that car is slow enough. She stops in the middle of the circle for the car to the left. I'm already into the circle. This car went like knee of my watch knee. Starts to accelerate. Gets onto the horn. Starts flashing window open already. That is amazing. All in one. Accelerate. Horn and window open. La linea. So spitting, yelling, shouting. Problem is, did not realize I knew a circle. We would have flown if it wasn't for the lady. I'm, yes, I am in your way now, but you accelerated. I saw you. I know circles. And you're the person that greeted at our front door yesterday morning. Ne, ne. Now my car had tinted windows. If you have ever seen a message of a Sunday morning dawn on a person, 
Press that window button, you go. <laughs> Told you. I shared the story at his funeral. And his family laughed. Because eventually he did get over road rage. So that really helped him. We're going to read scripture. I'm going to read you a passage. And this is a whole book. It's the second shortest book. The one after this is the shortest. In the Greek, you would count the the smaller one as 245 words. This one has 319 words. Okay, second John. Three John, the next one is the shortest. It beats it with a few words. We're going to read the whole book of two John. And it's three verses per page. Two John one, English Standard Version. The elder, to the lady chosen by God and to her children whom I love in the truth. And not I only, but also all who knew who will know the truth. Because of truth which lives in us, it's key, and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. Verse 4. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love. This is love. That we walk in obedience to his commandments. As we have heard from the beginning, his commandments is that you walk in love. Verse 7. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Verse 10. If anyone comes to you and does not bring the teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your sister, who is chosen by God, send their greetings. I'm going to continue and go over into Colossians. I'm going to read Colossians 3, verses 1 to 3, of which verses 1 and 2 is on the first screen. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep Seeking the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on earth. 
which have only temporal value. Verse 3, for you died to this world and your new life is hidden with Christ in God. 2 Peter 1 verse 3, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. I want to end off with 2 John 1 verse 1 to 3 again. The elder to the lady chosen by God and to her children whom I love in the truth and not I only but also all who know the truth because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace which is empowerment, and mercy, which is the empowerment to forgive. And peace from God the Father and from Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. As a conclusive statement, truth is love. We will go into the world now as church. And in this beautiful process of loving others as he has commanded us, we will be obedient. Some people might receive an honest, open, beautiful, loving, peaceful rebuke. We, we will sit across from one another and say, I don't agree with you. It's not true. Others, the Holy Spirit will help us to oversee, which is not compromise, but understand that he's busy with the process. And that what you want to speak might be too much of an absolute, and he still wants us to build a relationship. Where it's not compromise, and you don't have to glean away from what you know is truth, you can stand your stand. But it's not a rebuke. We can allow the process of the helper, the counselor and the teacher to do exactly what he said. It's not your responsibility to build the church. It's not. Jesus said, I will build my church. It is also not your responsibility to convict of sin or judgment. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in accordance to the word of God. So when we go out and we love, sometimes in an open, direct rebuke and other times, an absolute understanding of God is busy with someone. Because the Holy Spirit gives us insight that he's at work. Some of us sitting here this morning, you might be angry at relationships and the unjust and the unfair. When you start to seek scripture, when you come to scripture that says, why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Ah, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, I'm not, I don't want this, not Corinthians today, Lord, not Paul was a bit like something else, something else. Don't read scripture to soothe your fleshly emotions. 
read scripture for the absolute truth. Where Jesus said, I send you into this world like sheep amongst wolves, but take heart, I have overcome the world.